Shalom to all. Today's office is Nazar Daf Hey, We are starting Samach Dalad Omer Bey's four lines up from the bottom with the brand new Mishnah. And today's office is sponsored Lili Nishmas, Mars, Miriam, Sarah, Basar, Yaakov, Misha, Her, Nishama, Shadavan, Aliyah. And Lili Nishmas, Mars, Rivka, Basar, Merzev, Her, Nishama, Shadavan, Aliyah. And the Mishnah says, Hamaisi Mace, Batchila. A person finds a mace, he finds a corpse, Batchila, which means that this is the first time this mace was discovered. No one knew that there was a mace here. And how is this mace? Mushkav Kedarkai. It was buried like regular, it was laying like regular, meaning like a Yiddish mace would be lying. So what's the halacha? Noitloi, he's allowed to take it. Ve'es tfusa, say, and it's tfusa. So let's just clarify. There's two important halachas over here. Number one, a mace is allowed to be moved if, when originally it was buried, it was only supposed to be buried temporarily. However, if we know that this mace was buried here and was meant to be there permanently, or if something's called a base hakvaris or shchunas kvaris, as we're going to see, then the bodies were placed there permanently and they're not allowed to be moved. Number two, we said it's allowed to be taken ve'es tfusasai. So what's tfusa? Tfusa refers to the earth surrounding the mace. When a mace is allowed to be moved, so often we have to take the tfusa, the earth surrounding it as well. So let's say a person's in their field and they're digging and tadam, they find the mace over there and they didn't know that there was a mace buried there. And this is obviously a Yiddish mace because it's mushkav kedarkai. So he's allowed to dig up this mace with its tfusa and move it to different place. The mission continues. Shnayim, if he finds two mesem, Nightlon vest Fusasan, he could take them and move them and take their Tfusa with them. Matashlaisha, but if he finds three mesem, if in between the first one that he found and the last one that he found, there was no less than four Amos and no more than eight Amos, Hareza Shkunas Kvaris is considered a Shkunas Kvaris. Now, why these measurements? So, standard base Kvaris, which over here is being called Shkunas Kvaris because it's really referring to an underground burial chamber, was eight by four Amos. Three mason were buried along the four ama wall, and up to six mason were buried along the eight ama wall. So if these bodies were no less than four amas apart, then we can assume that they were buried along the four ama wall. If they were no more than eight amas apart from each other, then we can say that maybe they were buried along the eight ama wall, and the other spaces were just unoccupied, and therefore this is Shkunas Kvaris. Everything was supposed to be buried here. Nothing's allowed to be moved. Samachem Alpha on top of the mission continues. If we find these three mason from anywhere between four to eight amas, so we say it's a Shkunas Kvaris, not only are we not allowed to move these bodies, but by the Kemenu Lalan Esrim Ama, we have to check from these bodies in all directions 20 Amas. Why do we have to check 20 Amas? Well, because it was common to attach multiple underground burial chambers. And so if he had just discovered a previously unknown Shkunas Kvaris, so it's very possible there's another one nearby, which would be 20 Amas away due to a six Amachatzer of sorts that they would usually separate two different Shkunas Kvaris. Let's say he found even just one body at the end of 20 Amas, so by the Kemenu Alan Esramama, he would have to check 20 Amas from there as well. Why is that? Shraglaim Ladavar. There's Raglaim Ladavar, which literally means there's feet for the matter to stand on, but that means it's fair to assume that there might be another Shkunas Kvaris in the area. So even though he only found one body, since that one body was within 20 Amas of the three bodies that he found, he has to continue checking for Shkunas Kvaris. As the Mishnah says, because if he had just found this Tchila, meaning if he was digging and he found only one body by itself, so he would be able to take that body, rebury it, as long as he takes the Tfusa with it, and the only reason why this one body now is not allowed to be removed is because it's within 20 Amos of three bodies that he found. And now the Gemara says, Amrav Yehuda, Rav Yehuda tells us, we have a Diok Matzah, he found the body, Pratla Matsui, that excludes if we know that the body's going to be here. Mace, he found a dead body, Pratla Harug, that excludes a body that was killed. If it's clear that this person that he found was killed, and didn't just die of natural causes and was buried here, so it's obvious that this person wasn't supposed to be buried here, 
and we would be able to move the body even if we found three of them. The Mishnah had said Mushkov, the body was lying. Proutly Yoshev, that excludes if the body was found sitting up. If the body was found sitting up, then it's probably not a Yiddish body, and it's allowed to be moved even if there's three bodies, and the Tfusa doesn't have to be taken with it either. We said Kedarkai, it's lying down Kedarkai, like the regular way. That excludes if it's found with its head in between its thighs. That's not a normal way. Again, it's probably not a Yiddish Shabbat, and these halachas in the mission don't apply. The Gemara continues, Tani Ula Barchanina, Ula Barchanina taught, Mace Shechasar, a mace that's missing a piece, Ainlay Tfusa, Vlashkunas Kvaris, it doesn't have this din of Tfusa or Shkunas Kvaris. And Vachal Hani, my time, Alai, why in all these things that we just mentioned, do they not have this din of Shkunas Kvaris? Or Tfusa, because I'm reading, we say, maybe this body is a guy and it's not a yid, and Gayim don't have a din of Shkunas Kvaris or Tfusa. It's only by Yidin. And the Gemara continues. Let's say he found two bodies and they were lying head to feet. They don't have a din of Tfusa or Shkunas Kvaris. Let's say Matzah Shlosha, he found three bodies. Ha'echad Yudua, Ushnaim Tchila. One of them, it was known that it was buried here, and the other two was Tchila. It was a surprise. They weren't expected to be here. Ushnaim Tchila, really it should be Ha'echad Tchila, Ushnaim Yuduim. Or one of them was a surprise, we didn't know about it, and the other two we didn't know about. So we have to change the next word from Ein to Yesh. Yesh lahem tfusa. They have a din of Tfusa, which means when we move them, we have to take the dirt with them, but the Ein lahem shkunas kvaris, they don't have this din of shkunas kvaris. And Master Baby Shevav, there's a story with Baby Shevav, Shabbatak umatzah shnaim yidun ve'echad chila, that he checked and he found two bodies that were known about, and one that was a chiddish, it was new. Ubikesh la'asaisen shkunas kvaris, he wanted to turn it into shkunas kvaris because there was three bodies here. Everything that you worked hard for, you worked for nothing. Because they only said that it's if it's three bodies that we knew about or three that are discovered now fresh. But with two and one, we don't say Shkunas Kvaris. The Gemara continues, We said we could take it and its Tfusa. So the Gemara asks, What exactly is Tfusa? And perhaps the proper Gersa should be Minayin Tfusa. How do we know about this din of Tfusa? So Rav Yehuda, he says, Amrkar, the Pasuk says, Yaakov had told Yosef, Take me out of Mitzrayim. Now how do we understand this word, Mimitzrayim? Some Gersas have this word, Mimitzrayim, repeated. Mimitzrayim, Tal Imi, Take some of Mitzrayim with me. Meaning, take some of the dirt of Mitzrayim along with me. So how much is the Shir Tfusa? We're moving a body. We're reburying it somewhere else. We have to take some of the dirt. How much dirt needs to be taken? Perish Rebbe Lazar, Rebbe Lazar explains. This is Rebbe Lazar ben Pedas, and that's going to be important for the next Gemara. Naital offer Tichuach. He has to take the soft dirt around the mace. And he also has to dig into virgin ground, meaning not the soft ground, but just the hard ground that's near the mace, three finger depths. Now, the reason why we have to take all this dirt is because this is where any liquids or juices that came from from the mace might have oozed out into, so that's considered to be part of the mace, so all this dirt has to be taken along with it. But the Gemara's mace, we have a brysa. The brysa says, Kama fusa. What is the shir fusa? How much has to be taken along with the mace when we're reburying it? says, We have to take wood chips that probably came from the coffin of the mace, and clumps of earth that are near the mace, but we can throw out the vadayin, meaning the earth that's around the mace, that does not have any liquids from the mace that were absorbed into to it, we leave that which is a suffix, Bashar and the rest of the mace, Mitzdarf Leroy Binyan al Shemais, that joins together to make the Roy Binyan of the mace, Ul Roy Vat Samais, and to a quarter cup of bones, Lamali Tarvid Rekev, for a spoonful of corpse dust. But what we see very clearly from here is that we don't have to take three fingers depth of dirt. So what's Rabbi Lazar, as we had said, it was Rabbi Lazar ben Pedas, who's in Amaira, what's he saying? We have a brass that's not like him. So Gemara says, Huda Amar Kiaitana, Rabbi Lazar holds like the
the following Tana, meaning he has a Tana supporting him. To Tanya, the Brisa says, the Kamashir Tfusa, how much is this Tfusa? How much dirt has to be taken? He has to take the soft dirt that's around the mace. And he also has to dig into the virgin ground, three fingers depth, and that's how much has to be taken. So we see the Rebbe Lazar Pedas has a Brisa supporting him. Now we attend to the mission that when three bodies are found, we have to check 20 Amas away for another potential Shekhunas Kvaros. So the Gemara top tells us, Amarav, Arava says, Badak upana, Badak upana. Let's say he was digging and he checked and he found the body, so he cleared it away because he's allowed to do that to one body. And then he checked again and he found another body and he cleared it away because he's allowed to do that. But then, Badak, he checked again, Ba'ashkach, and he found the third body. So it turns out, retroactively, that there was really three bodies buried near each other and that's really Shekhunas Kvaros. So Rava tells us, This third body that he found is not allowed to be moved to those two bodies that he had previously moved, those two bodies that he previously moved are not allowed to be moved back. This third one that he found is clearly part of a Shkunas Kvaros, so it's not allowed to be moved, but once he already moved those other two bodies, so he's not allowed to move them back. However, some say, this is what Rava said, since he was given permission to move the bodies, he's allowed to move them, and he's allowed to move all three bodies. Why don't we count this whole area as a Shkunas Kvaros? He did find three bodies here. So Mishlakash said, they found an excuse, a pretext, and they were Matahar Eretz Yisrael. In other words, you're right. If these three bodies would have been found together, then it would have been considered a Shkunas Kvar, saying they wouldn't be allowed to be moved. However, since he ended up moving them, the Chacham were Mekel and said that this is not considered a Shkunas Kvaris, and that's an order so that we can have more places in Eretz Yisrael that are Tahar that don't have the din of a Beis HaKvaris. The Gemara asked a question, Let's say he had checked 20 Amas away from this Shkunas Kvaris that he found, and there were no other bodies there. My, what's the Halacha? Remember we said, the reason why he's checking up to 20 Amas away is because it was very likely that there's more than one Shkunas Kvaris together. But now that he didn't find any other bodies, maybe we should consider that these three bodies that he found are not a Shkunas Kvaris, because there's no other Shkunas Kvaris that were found in the vicinity. So Amarav Menashe Bar Yirmiya, Amarav, Shkunas Kvaris, still, these three bodies that he found, they have the dinner Shkunas Kvaris. My time, why is that? So Amarish Lakish, he says, Ilam Matsu Vitiro Saratz Yisrael. And on to another Mishnah, now talking about Saras. Call Safik Negayim Batchila Tahar. Anytime we're dealing with Safik Negayim, it's a Safik whether or not this is Saras. So if it's Batchila, it's at the beginning of the Saras, it's at the beginning of this person's Saras journey, it's before we said that he's a 100% Metzaira, so then we're going to say that it's Tahar. And that's Achiloy Niskak Latoma, before he was confirmed to be Tame. However, Mishin Niskak Latoma, Sveikai Tame. If he was already confirmed to be Tame, and now we have a Suffolk in Nagaim, so then we say that he's Tame. The Gemara asked Manani Mili, how do we know this? So I'm Rav Yudam Rav, I'm a Krab, because the Pasuk says, Lataharoi or the Tamai, to be Metaharit or to be Metameit. And Hayul Pasach Bayah Kasev Vitahara Tchila, since the Pasuk begins with the word Tahara first, so we learn from here that we give precedence to Tahara, and therefore when we're dealing with Suffolk, we say that it's Tahar. The Gemara asks Yachiv, that's really so, Afil Mishinis Kakotoma. So and even if he was already confirmed to be Tamei, Nami Svekatar, still a case of Suffolk should be considered Tahar. Precedence to Tahara, Sigmar says, You're right. When did Rav Yehuda say this statement regarding the following? The Mishnah says, 
Tahar. If the Baharas came before the white hair, so it's Tameh. But if the white hair came before the Baharas, it's Tahar. Now, what's a Baharas? So a Baharas is a type of Tsaras. It's a certain color. And the only way that it's Tameh is if it has white hair in it. Now, not all white hair in it is going to make it Tameh. It has to have two white hairs in it. And even so, the Mishnah says, but that's only if the Baharas came first and then the white hair grew. So then the Baharas is going to be Tameh. But if the person had the white hair and then the Baharas, so to speak, grew around it or sprouted around this white hair, so then it's going to be Tameh. Suffolk, but if it's a Suffolk, we don't know which one came first. Tame, so then we say that it's Tame. Now, Rabbi Shua, Rabbi Shua comments on this, Keha, which literally means that it's light colored. Now, we say, my Keha, what does that mean, Keha? What exactly is Rabbi Shua coming to say? So, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda explains, Keha v'tahar. Then when it's a Suffolk, we say that it's Keha. It's as if it's light colored, and therefore, it's Tahar. In other words, we're not saying that this Baharas is Keha, that that is its actual color. It could be that it's not Keha, meaning it's not light colored. But we're just using this word Keha, which is what the Torah uses to describe describe a tahar nega, and that's what Rabbi Shua is trying to say. When he says keha, he just means to say that a suffix is tahar. Ask the Gemara Vidilma keha vitame. why are we not saying that keha means that it's tameh? So it was on this that Amr Yehuda, Amr Rav, Rav Yehuda said, B'Shem Rav, Amr Kra, the Pasuk says, L'taharoi oi l'tamoi, hoilu pasach ba'akasa v'tahar t'chila, since the Torah opens with the word tahara first, we see that precedence is given to tahara, and therefore we learn from here, that when we have a suffix, did the white hair or the baharas come first, we say that it's Tahar. We're going to stop here for the day. Pick up tomorrow with the last daf in the Masechta. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.